Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a last-minute win over NC State and struggles for Buddy Beheim. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, our guest today's 2003 national champion and the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing great, Wes. How about yourself? Yeah, Andrew, I'm doing well, and I want to get you started on this one. Syracuse with a 76-73 come-from-behind win over the weekend against NC State to improve to 10-5 and overall, 4-4 four and four in the ACC. We're in the thick of ACC play now with nine games left to go. I want to get your general thoughts on the state of the program. Yeah, definitely. It was great to get that win and pull it out, and, and obviously it was a great uh, kind of team effort in the second half to make those adjustments. Uh, you know, it's one of the, That's a perfect example of a game that, you know, you you think you're going to win. You know, you feel like, you know, they're missing two key players. We're kind of at home. You know, we got this one in the bag, and then you're down by eight or nine. And you're happy you got the win, obviously, but, the, but you know, going into practice next day, you're like, you're kind of down a little bit because the performance wasn't there. So it's it's kind of one of those uh, tricky games where you, you're, you're happy you got the W, but you, you, you still don't have a great feeling. Um, but I think that's what this team is, is in terms of, you know, we don't have kind of that star, maybe first round draft pick type of player where if you're struggling or you need, you know, two, three uh, possessions in a row of a, of a basket, we can go to that player. I kind of look at the team as like, they're kind of like an orchestra where every, every, you know, musician, every player has to kind of be clicking for everything to work. So, you know, if Buddy is clicking um, with, his, with his shot, opens up for Gerard. And if Gerard's clicking, opens up uh, for Griffin to drive. And then Guerrier can, can kind of be active and get rebounds and offense rebounds and get quick points. And then next thing you know, you look and Dolio Jai has 10 points because he's just, you know, a smart, uh, high IQ player. So each player's kind of got to be really working and doing the best at what they do best for the team to work um, because you can't like, you know, some orchestras you can just stop and let the violinist go on his own because, you know, he or she is amazing and, and it, it works, but we're not that type of team. Everything has got to kind of float together uh, for the team to perform well, which is why I think the Virginia game is just highlights that is that Virginia is a type of team that, you know, they're just a great defensive team. They can they can take you out of everything. And if you don't have that kind of superstar player to kind of make things a little easier, um, you know, the, the orchestra is not going to work. Andrew, you mentioned Buddy Beheim in that response, and I want to get your take on him. He's definitely struggled this season. He's shooting 37% from the field, 28% from downtown, but he's also leading the team in minutes at 36 minutes per game and shots attempted. Contrast that to Kadari Richmond, who's averaging around 20 minutes per game. Is he getting preferential treatment because he's the coach's son, or do you think he should be taking this many shots and playing this many minutes per game? 
You know, I don't, I don't know how the treatment is obviously in practice and behind the scenes, but one thing I know about Coach Beheim is that he's the most competitive person I've ever been around. And all he wants to do is win. And it doesn't matter if I think Buddy gets two minutes or 40 minutes. It's whatever, is, you know, is going to get the team to win. And I think if, if Beheim has a bias toward any toward anything, I think it's t- toward offense. He likes good offense. He likes guys who can score. And yes, Buddy has had his struggles this year and, and obviously he had a better game, much better game against NC State in second half, but he can score and he can make shots. And even if he's not making shots, opposing teams going into a game at Syracuse, when they, when they game plan it, they go, all right, we can't leave Buddy open. We have to make sure we get get up and guard Buddy so he doesn't have an open shot and get hot. So when some when you game plan like that, that's going to leave space for Gerard to drive. That's going to leave space, you know, more space for Griffin. And so you have to have that kind of threat, and you're just hopeful that he kind of gets his rhythm back and gets his stroke back. But he can score, and he can make baskets, and we need that. And I don't think it's um, – having a preferential treatment at all. I think it's someone that opens up the field, is a threat, can score, and when he is stroking, you know, he can get 12 points pretty quickly. I mentioned Kadari Richmond. He scored 14 points in 16 minutes in the win over NC State. I think it's pretty clear that Syracuse is a better team when he's on the floor. Do you think he deserves more playing time? I think it's like the flow of the game. I mean, obviously, he's been playing great up recently, so he's going to get more minutes. But if you look at the NC State game, he didn't play much in the first half, but the, his 16 minutes were probably the almost the last 16 minutes of the game because he was clicking, Gerard was struggling, and Beheim. One thing I, I've always loved about Beheim is that he, he has a great feel for the game and, and how it's flowing and really good with, with personnel, and that's why Richmond played those last 16 games. But you also have to realize Richmond has his, has his deficiency. You know, a couple instances on defense during that game, he was slow to react and guys got off an open three, thankfully missed. But you can see that he's still, he's still kind of ball watching a little bit uh, in defense uh, instead of reacting and moving quickly because you're, not, you're just not used to playing zone in the active way that Syracuse does if you ever played zone in high school. High school, it's kind of almost – a way to kind of catch your breath. But with Syracuse, you got to be active. You've got to be moving, anticipating, hands up. And he's still learning that. And so you're going to have those deficiencies, the more you – those defensive deficiencies, the more you play him. Secondly, you also know as he gets more minutes, you know, there's more – the opposing team is going to understand what Richmond does best, right? He's great at – because of his height and, and body, he's great at driving and finishing in the lane. You know, he didn't take – I think all 14 points – against NC State were all in the lane, right? He's not a he, he's not a pure jump shot shooter. So so then opposing teams are gonna be are gonna play that and, and play you know play defense and play a little bit off it. So you could see him struggle a little bit possibly the more minutes he gets. But when he comes in gets those fifteen, twenty minutes, you know, he had a good matchup with a smaller guard against NC State. So it just it makes him look really, really good. I think it's just a matter of how he's he's great to have when Gerard is struggling or Buddy's struggling, you know, you have that great, or you have Richmond who has a lot of composure. So I think it's just a matter of how the game flows. They, that is how you use them. He's going to keep getting more minutes because, um, because of how he's playing, but how, where are those minutes? Are they just in the first half or like the NC state game? Are they la- Are they the last 15 minutes? 
And Andrew, we'll get you out of here on this one. Coach Beheim said after the NC State game that Barama Sidibe may play against Louisville. He's been out since the first game of the season with a knee injury. How big is that for Syracuse heading into the final nine games of the season? And how do you see the rest of the season playing out? Well, I think it's always great to have another kind of big body uh, to help with rebounds. We know what kind of – we've heard the stat before, you know, when Syracuse rebounds the opposing team, they, they always win. So – uh, and he's obviously an experienced player. So having him, um, you know, no matter what, is always going to be helpful. You know, the next nine games are going to be tricky. It really is. Um, you know, we, you know, we can beat a Virginia Tech team by, by 18, but then lose by uh, almost 30 against our Virginia team. So each game is going to be, I think it's unique and it's going to, you know, it, it's going to be tough. You know, I kind of look at the Duke game um, as a really big game. You know, normally when we look at Duke game, you're looking at, it, you know, two top 10, top 15 teams. It's just going to be a great battle. But, you know, Duke's a little bit different this year. We're a little bit different this year. And this this could be a game of of who makes the tournament or, you know, how does how does a, the, the next two games after that Duke game, is that a momentum boost for us to go into the last two games and, and into the tournament? So I think that game, I look at and say, man, it's at Duke. Um, you know, how, that that could be that could be a big one in terms of who, where does Duke and Syracuse end up in the ACC uh, standings? Is it are we one game ahead of them, or are they one game ahead of us? So uh, it's going to be a nail biter for sure. Andrew, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. 2003 national champion and Juice Online senior college basketball analyst Andrew Kelly. Andrew, appreciate the time as always, and we'll speak with you soon. All right. Thanks, Wes. Always enjoy speaking with Andrew. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, it wasn't pretty, but Syracuse edged NC State on Sunday, 76-73. NC State was without its top two scores, but managed to take a nine-point halftime lead. Syracuse buckled down in the second half and held NC State without a three-pointer and made just enough plays down the stretch to win. It was so important, and what a big difference in any season, especially this season, Wes, between that W and that L. And in the end, Syracuse got a very important ACC victory to even up at four and four in the conference and keep you know slim chances alive to you know make some late run in February to uh, be on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. The margin is that close in the ACC, especially this season the teams, let's say, number eight to number 15, and you have to win home games. Even without the home court advantage this season, you have to maintain winning at home. And every game's important from here on in. Syracuse played great for two games in that two-game winning streak, then did not play well at all against Virginia. And let's, let's be frank here, did not play well at all in Sunday night's first half against NC State giving up 47 points in the first half after giving up 46 points to Virginia in the second half of the loss last Monday night. So really important, whatever changes were made, and you could see some subtle changes in tightening up the defense that the team went over halftime were crucial to eking out this victory against a team very comparable in the ACC. Brad, I asked this question of Andrew Cowie. I'll ask you as well. Anyone following along on social media or on the message boards knows there's a controversy around Buddy Beheim. He's really struggled offensively this season, but he's still playing the most minutes of anyone. And it's no secret that the Orange is better with Kadari Richmond on the floor. But Buddy Beheim is averaging 36 minutes to Kadari's 20. 
Do you find that Jim Beheim's favoring his son, and is it really the best option for Buddy to be playing this many minutes? Well, Wes, I'm going to use the word disjointed, as in I think there's some disjointed coaching going on. And let's face it, if you've watched Jim Beheim in his entire career, this isn't really a big surprise, especially to me. He's going to play his starters, and he's very stubborn about changing that rotation. Now, he's done it a few times. It's certainly not, you know, 100% a blanket statement. He has made some changes throughout his career, but this is something he does not do. And that's, you know, whether it's right or wrong, whether social media is, you know, going on the attack, and whether the statistics bear out what you're saying in the time on the court for Kadari Richmond in the game against NC State, 14 points in 16 minutes. Buddy Beheim played all 40 minutes against NC State, came alive in the second half to finish with 17 points, and I believe hit the key basket in the game to put SU just enough ahead with five minutes to play. And then you look at Joe Girard, 25 minutes against the Wolfpack, and he struggled shooting again with just six points. I I agree. As I saw the first half going by, and it was down to the 12-minute mark in the first half, I was certainly thinking the same thing. Why isn't Kadari Richmond in the ball game? Change things up on the offensive pace because, let's face it, when he has the ball dribbling at the top of the key, he finds an opening in the lane. Usually against most of the matchups defensively, he's got the advantage. He's going to take that defensive player to the hoop, either hit a short in basket or make some free throws. So I, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to take Jim Beheim you know, maybe more proof in the pudding, and you'd say more proof. Well, you know, we're so far into the season now in February, but he is set in his ways, and it's really going to take a lot for him to change the protocol with coaching. And as far as it goes with, you know, any sort of nepotism, father coaching son, I don't think so. I truly think he believes in his heart that he has the best chances of winning with his sons on the court, and he can, you know, hit the outside shots. And and it's proven when he can hit the outside shots, that free spangs up inside for Gary A. Griffin and Dolajay. And, you know, I I think it's going to be one of those things, Wes, where Richmond's playing time will increase a little bit more as we go through February. But is he going to go to 20 minutes a game? I I really don't think they're going to be at that level. Jim Beheim is going to continue with the, the rotation that he's done for most of the season. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts, switching to football, as the uh, Orange 2021 football schedule was released uh, this past week, Wes, and it features already two Friday night games. I wouldn't be surprised if the opener at Ohio University also gets switched to a Friday night. And nice to see that the ACC projecting back to normalcy. Hopefully everything works out for the fall where teams can have a 12-game schedule They can play eight in the ACC, four in non-conference. But my wish was not granted in the terms of the fact that we're back to the Atlantic and Coastal Divisions in 2021. I still think that's something that the ACC needs to take a long look at in uh, setting the rotation for the 14 football teams in the future, whether Notre Dame's part of it or not. I think it really worked well this past season where the two top teams in the standings play in the ACC title game. I really hope that the ACC athletic directors take another look at this in their spring meetings and something, if not for 2021, certainly with the schedule already released, 
as soon as the 2022 or 2023 seasons. Brad, my closing thoughts are on parity in the ACC. Duke dropping to 5-4 and four in the ACC on Monday night after an embarrassing loss to a very shorthanded Miami team, 77-75. It was just Miami's third ACC win on the season. And the difference between 4th place and 11th place in the ACC is just two and a half games. It's really anyone's league to win at this point. And if Syracuse picks up a few key wins down the stretch, they could be in a very good position. It should be an exciting final three weeks of conference play. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that one thing I've never seen, a mailman in a hurry. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.